Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. going on everyone what is cooking this is scriptwriter steve you reach my podcast barbecue to movies guess what today is march 10th 2022 it is currently 12 a.m in the morning yes it's exactly 12 a.m i'm podcasting exactly as the clock strikes midnight okay so i'm gonna turn this music down gonna get to podcasting anyway how was your day how was your week going you know my week was going pretty good and it's still going um i just came home i'm sorry i I just didn't really come home i came home maybe about i think four hours ago and uh i had a wedding today ran a a little late and it was on the north shore so i got home made some dinner watched some tucker carlson had my mind blown from tucker carlson i'm going to talk about that later on today or later on in the podcast And then, um, you know, took a shower and here I am. Here I am ready to blow your mind. Because I'm not sure if a lot of my audience actually listens to Tucker Carlson. And I know I have a lot of listeners over there in um, other parts of the world. I even have some listeners from Ukraine. (laughs) I I have no idea how many. And my listeners... In Iran, they're still holding on. I, st- I think I still have three or four people there who are still listening to me. They're not dead. Thank you very much for listening to me. Hey, if you ever come to Hawaii, look me up. All right. All right. So let's get talking to what I want to talk about. Now, here's the thing. You know, when I was at my wedding today, yeah, guess what I did? I ran into, <laughs> I ran into some Trump supporters. Now, I saw... Um, the groom, he had a flag on t- tattooed on top of his forearm, and it's a nice flag, right? And just, just out of a, I guess, the, um, I guess out of my gut feeling, what do we just call it that, right? Just out of my gut feeling, I whispered to him, I said, "Let's go, Brandon," and he said, "Dude, let's go, Brandon," right? And we know what that, we all know what that's code for, right? So, all of a sudden, he turns around to his father-in-law, and says, he, "He's one of us." He's one of us. And I found out they're all Trump supporters. So I was surrounded. I was in my safe space of Trump supporters. There were like no liberals there. Well, maybe there were one or two, but, you know, the majority of the people there, they were Trump supporters. And you know what it's like? I mean, I'm not sure if you're a Trump supporter. You may be a liberal who's listening to me. You may be a Democrat who's listening to me. And if, and if you, you are, thank you very much for, you know, tuning into my podcast. But when it comes to a Trump supporter, when you run into another person who is a Trump supporter, it feels like you just met a brother from another mother. Now, I'm not sure if liberals are that way, and uh, but Trump supporters are like that because it feels as though you know everything we have we have uh, things in common like religion and ethics and our politics, and we can and we're just so in love with our country, and we're so patriotic, and we can see things 
that others can't. We're, we're seeing through all the fog, through all the forest and all the trees, right? And, and, um, we can just relate to each other. Now, sometimes you have those people who are just conspiratorial people, but then even then, you know, Trump supporter to Trump supporter, we respect people's, you know, difference of opinion. We're okay with disagreeing with you. I mean, we can have liberal friends. Liberal friends can't have us as friends, right? So, and when I say, you know, I, you know, I, I said safe space, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm using safe space in air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes, but I'm doing air quotes right now with safe space because I don't really need a safe space. And I don't think any Trump supporter needs a safe space because we are not afraid of entertaining a, narr- a narrative that goes against our opinion, right? We always entertain the discussion. If some liberal wants to come to us and say, hey, you know what? We believe Trump is a racist, right? And we'll say, okay, well, I don't. And I start talking to them and talking to them, and they're the ones, the liberals are the ones who always are very, very scared of debate. They're, they're the ones who always love to just disengage, walk away, and say stupid things like, the science is in, the debate is over. The doctors have said, Fauci has spoken, the debate is over. Biden has spoken, the debate is over. Hillary Clinton has spoken. Russia collusion is in. Trump colluded with Russia, the debate is over. Don't talk to me. The debate is over. And that's why liberals who run, liberals or like, uh, what do we say, lefties, far progressive lefties and woke people, they're on, they're running these these uh, YouTube companies, these, these uh, social media companies, right? And what do they fear the most is discussion. They fear having a, a sensible debate online, a sensible debate even in person. So what do they do to you? You say something that goes against their narrative and your account gets suspended. You say something against your friend. Well, what, what do they do? They unfriend you. It doesn't even matter if you've been friends with them all your life. They're going to unfriend you, right? So it's, again, it's so great to just walk into a room and just say, hey, you know, this is great. You know, you're, you know, we got the code. Let's go, Brandon. And all of a sudden, we're all like brothers and sisters in there, even, and, and even though we're not related, even though you're a brother all the way across the pond, all the way across the Pacific Ocean, all the way over to Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, we all got together like one big family, and I just loved it, loved every single second of it. By the way, if you're wondering, the majority of my wedding couples are Trump supporters. Now, I don't care if you're a Biden supporter. I really have no, no, uh, no beef with you. I have a beef with the way the president is treating our country because he's he's making living life in America really not enjoyable. He's making living he, he's making life very. Uh, you know, living life right now is like an ongoing migraine that just won't go away. I remember, you know, when, when Trump was president, making money was so easy. You know, you wake up in the morning, like, holy smokes, I got so many inquiries. So many people had so much money in their pocket. Gas was very, very low. Things were so cheap. A brisket, when Donald Trump was president, was $2.14 a pound. Now it's $6 a pound here in Hawaii. $6 a pound, it went up like 200%. That's nuts. That's really nuts. Gas here in Hawaii is about $4.50 for the cheap stuff, for the cheap unleaded gas, the regular stuff. And you know what's really weird? Up in the mainland, up in California, it's $6.50. Why is it cheaper in Hawaii 
when we don't have any type of gas, like natural gas, or like we don't even have any you know, dinosaurs or no tar pits here, we can pump oil. We don't pump oil here. We get all of our gas from overseas. We also get it from Russia, by the way, which we're not going to be getting from. And you know what? But our gas is like much cheaper than in other parts of the country because those liberal cities add tax over tax over tax. And all of a sudden you have gas prices going through the, through the roof. And guess what? The liberals don't want to cut the tax to help out us normal day people. Isn't that great? So what's on my mind today? What am I going to talk about? By the way, my new format for my podcast, I guess just for now, is that I'm going to start off with my... um with advertising my wedding company, then I'm going to advertise Anchor, and then I'm just going to go straight into my podcast, and I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to keep talking because I just don't want that momentum to stop. So, you know, once I'm on a row, I just don't want to cut to commercial again because I could just keep talking and talking and talking. I, I find when I, when I take a break and I come back, it's really hard to gain that momentum again. All right, so here's what, what I'm going to talk about. Now, first of all, I want to talk about this Pfizer vaccine. You know... Now, I don't know much about the Moderna stuff right now. I thought I did, but I don't. Now, new information has come to light that I just need to share with you right now. <laughs> you know, I'm, full disclosure, I'm doubly vaxxed. I took the first vaccine and I took the second one. I am not boosted. I probably got COVID because I think I told you before, one of my contractors who's working on my house, he had the Omicron. And, uh, you know, he got tested four times. And then he tested negative, came over here and worked. I was cruising with him. And lo and behold, the fifth time he tested positive, he gave it to other workers of himself. He gave it to his wife, his his, his daughter. He gave it to everyone. And, uh, you know, I think he gave it to me because after I met him, I had a little itchy throat. You know, that's about it. It lasted about a couple of days and then I was fine. And uh, I had a little headache too. And, uh, yeah, that's what Omicron is. It lasts maybe about a day. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't really affect me that that bad and I feel very fortunate but that's what Omicron is. Omicron is like a really really good vaccine and COVID once you have Omicron uh, you know uh, I guess it, it, it's a natural it's such a good vaccine uh, I mean it's better than the vaccine why don't we just say that it's, it's such a good deterrent of COVID that it really stops COVID in its tracks. So we're seeing numbers across the entire nation, across the entire world, and it's just going down, 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 and it's doing this without the vaccine. So here's what came out just in the news just recently, and this has me almost with my foot in my mouth because at one time when this Pfizer vaccine came out, I was out there telling my friends, hey, you know, I think it's safe and you should take it, right? I'm going to take it. I was very, you know, I was gung-ho about it. I really was. Well, I have foot in my mouth syndrome. Apparently, this vaccine isn't safe for everyone. And I still thought it wasn't, you know, my, my opinion started to change after I saw some people who wound up on top of the internet, I mean, <laughs> who had really bad adverse reactions to this. There's this professional mountain biker who I used to follow. I still follow him on, 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 a, on a YouTube he took it. He wanted to, you know, quote unquote, do his part. He was a, you know, good old liberal. And he said, I want to do my part, stop the spread. And that's why he took it. You know, even though he was healthy, even though that he was so healthy that if he got COVID, it wouldn't make a difference. Right. But anyway, he took the vaccine and now he can't even walk to his mailbox without losing his breath. This guy was a professional mountain biker. He had the stamina of like, a, like an incredible Ironman athlete and he can't even walk to his a mailbox without losing his breath. It's like for him walking to the mailbox, 
it's like it's like biking a hundred miles. In fact, he never felt that way before in his entire life, and he's slowly making um, uh, steps, but he's still not fully recovered yet, and it's sad. And he's young. I think he's under thirty years old, and uh, it, it's just it, it's kind of I feel depressed on his behalf when I learn of these things, and I've seen people. You know, all these people, you know, on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, who have, have different adverse effects after adverse effect, and all of a sudden you just really can't deny it. Now, <laughs> the far majority of people who take the vaccine are going to be okay. My parents took it. My family took it. My, um, some of my friends took it. A lot of my friends took it. A lot of, a lot of my friends who are Trump supporters took it, right? A lot of my friends who are conservatives took it. In fact, um, there's a very few people who I know who did not take it. But the majority of everyone, they were okay. Now, there are some women who had some really, really bad bad side effects. I mean, they were like throwing up, ready to puke their guts out. I had some, I think one of my guy friends down here, uh, he, he was really, really, really sick. And I think that's because they actually had COVID before. They just didn't know it. But here's what just came out. Now, in a recent, I guess, uh, I guess just recently, I think just this week, uh, this, this, uh, um, hold on. What did they call them? Hold on a second here. The public, this web, this, uh, organization called the Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency Documents. Uh, they got, they got Pfizer to release their adverse event, um, reaction papers, uh, to the public through the Freedom of Information Act. So the papers finally came to light and, uh, we finally got to see, uh, I guess what, what they were seeing, what Fauci was seeing, and it's very, very, very disturbing. First of all, they redacted some um, some of this information here that's very, very important. Which information did they redact? How many how many vaccines did they administer during this uh, study? For some reason, they don't want you to know how many total vaccine, uh, I guess, candidates were out there when they did this long-term study, or not really long-term, or a short-term study of the Pfizer vaccine. But here's something that really, really troubles me. I don't care what the amount is, okay? Why don't we just say it's 100,000? Why don't we just say, why don't we just say it's 500,000? Out of the 500,000 people, there are 1,223 patients who, who have died that they can they, they can confirm have died as a direct result of the Pfizer vaccine. Now, this is not some type of theoretical thing. This is directly from their papers, and I'm gonna link it this um this PDF file in the description box of my podcast, right? So you can go, go ahead and take a look at it now. Um, that would be on page seven. Yeah, page seven of this document. I'm gonna link it again um, in my description of my uh, of this podcast, but 1,223 patients who got the COVID vaccine died directly from the Pfizer vaccine. Now, I don't care how many people, if you, if you gave it to a million people and you still got 1,000 or 1,200 people who died, that's still a pretty good percentage. That's way more than any other vaccine. That's way more than Tylenol or Advil or anything like that. And get this, <laughs> out of the, um, how many people um, did not recover at the time of, at the time of the report from all their adverse reactions. Um, Eleven thousand three hundred and sixty-one patients did not recover from their adverse reactions by the time they concluded they concluded this study. That's troubling. 
Now, I don't care how many vaccines you administered during this, during this test. 11,000 people who had adverse reactions, they didn't recover by the time this test was done. All right. Why don't we go into the other numbers? General disorders at the administrative site, there were 51,000 uh, adverse reactions. Nervous system disorders, 25,957. These are nervous disorders that, again, can be tracked directly to the Pfizer vaccine. This is Pfizer's own information here. Musculoskeletal and connective tissue disorders, 17,283 adverse events. Isn't that amazing? Gastrointestinal disorders. I'm sorry, these words are very hard to um, pronounce sometimes. That's 14,096. 14,096 adverse events. That is just amazing. Skin tissue disorders, 8,476. Respiratory disorders, 8,848. Infections and infestations, 4,610. Injury, poisoning, and procedural complications, 5,590. <laughs> I was told this vaccine was safe. I was told that. Now, my rebuttal, and I didn't have this, uh, this uh, information in front of me, but my, my rebuttal toward anyone who mandated the vaccines, who wanted you know, so-called, you know, you know, so-called person to take the vaccine. My argument, argument to them was always that if you do want them to take the vaccine, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? And if anything would happen to that one person as a result of them taking the vaccine, you would be responsible for their well-being. So if that employer said, Hey, you know what? You got to take the vaccine in order, in order to work here. Why doesn't that employer put their money where their mouth is and say, if anything happens to you, we'll be responsible for putting food, in your, food on your table for your mother and for your children, for everything, for your wife, everything like that, right? Because you're the one who are, who, you're the breadwinner, right? But no, none of them wanted to do that. Even our governor, our governor, our lieutenant governor, when you ask them when they're on the street there, hey, you know what? You want to mandate the vaccine, right? So would you be willing to put your money where your mouth is and they just walk away? They just walk away from it because they know for a fact it's not that safe. And they're looking at this information, which is confidential. They know for they knew for a fact it was not safe. Fauci knew for a fact it wasn't safe. And this information right here that I'm reading to you that is out there right there in the public, the media is not even reporting on it. How do you like that? You know, we can't trust the government whatsoever. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. We can't. They're not looking out for the betterment of us. And they're pushing. Now it's, now it's the truth. Now, I'm sure the Moderna vaccine has some type of report very, very similar to this. I'm sure the Johnson Johnson vaccine does as well. You know, I've seen people who have very bad reactions to all of them. The AstraZeneca ones, every single one of them. And we're, right now we're seeing that they knew for a fact that these vaccines were not safe and they pushed it onto us, they mandated it to us, they told you, you need to take it to have your constitutional rights. In fact, in some countries, they said you need to take it or if you don't take it, you're going to go to jail. Or we're going to hunt you down and we're, and we're just going to take away your well-being. We're going to take away your business, your livelihood, and even the money in your bank if you don't take the vaccine. <laughs> this is crazy, people. This is more than communistic. This is like, this is just evil. This is, I mean, I hate to say this, this sounds like purely satanic. 
This information Bill Gates had pre, um, preview to. Fauci had this information, his preview to. So did Joe, and same with Joe Biden. Um, I'm not sure what we can say about this. I really don't. Now, here's the other thing too. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump cut right here. We're gonna go jump to another another set of information that would just blow your mind. When I came home today, I was I was watching uh, Tucker Carlson. I love Tucker Carlson, by the way. If and if you don't watch him, you know. I know some of you are still mad at him from like the, I guess the the elections because he didn't allow Sidney Powell on. But Sidney Powell, you know, I was really in her corner, and then then she, all of a sudden she disappeared, and uh, she just didn't back up what all of the claims that she was saying. And I really wanted to believe what she was saying were, were true, but you know what? <laughs> Until she produces produces the evidence of that that Dominion machine being very evil, uh, you know, I have to kind of say, well. I, I got to see the evidence before I jump on that ship, right? And she has not yet produced that information. And I think a lot of people, when he questioned, when Tucker Carlson questioned Sidney Powell, they kind of jumped off of the Tucker Carlson train. And even so, myself too, I kind of jumped off the Tucker Carlson train. But then I slowly jumped back on because I I, I saw that I did overreact, and uh, you know, here I am back as a back as a really big fan. Now, what did he? What did he um, have on his show today? Now, if you didn't see his show, do a search on Fox News for his March 9th show. Um, I will put a link in it in the description box, and so you can take a look at it. But here's what we found out. Now, I'm not sure if you um, took any interest in what Putin had to say before he invaded Ukraine. But one of the reasons why he said he inv- invaded Ukraine was because Ukraine was in possession of biological weapons that the United States had helped, um, I guess, help them procure or help them develop. This was one of Russia, uh, I guess, Putin's narratives. Uh, it's one of the reasons why he wanted to go into Ukraine to take it over. Um, and he thought it was very, very dangerous. Now, if it were true, um, you know, maybe we would, would uh, kind of side with Putin in a, in a, in a little bit in a, or, or a little, right? Because that was our entire reason for going into Iraq. We were, you know, we didn't want Saddam Hussein to have WMDs, so we went there in Iraq in search for them, and they didn't have any WMDs, right? No weapons of mass destruction. We're still trying to find them. Apparently, that was all a big lie. I bought, I bought that lie, hook, line, and sinker, by the way, and I was all for it. Hey, you go in there, you find that mustard gas, because I know for a fact we sold it to you folks, because we had the, um, we actually had the uh, the receipt for that. But apparently they didn't find anything. So right now, it looked as though it was a very, very ugly lie. And as a result, it destabilized the Middle East. Now, Russia used that same type of narrative and said, hey, you know what? The United States, they're funding a biological lab over there in Ukraine. And that that's very dangerous to us. Now, what happens? Well, people from the media, they come out and you know say that that's all fake news. Um, people on the right... And even some QAnon people are start saying, oh, that's actually 100% true. Now, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the QAnon people who are very much, uh, you know, conspiratorial? Or are you going to believe the media who tends to be 100% wrong all the time? Now, I'm not sure who to believe. I didn't hear it in the mainstream media. I didn't hear it on Tucker. I didn't hear it anywhere. So I said, and I, even, I really just didn't really, you know, it went in one ear and out the other, right? And I said, you know, if they have it, they have it. If they don't, you know, I'm not sure. I just really don't know what the truth is, right? And Ukraine kept denying that they had it. Now, I remember when the war first started, I started to believe every single word that was coming out of the, uh, uh, I guess, out of the PR uh, wing of the Ukrainian camp. Um, that 
there was a supermodel that was like, you know, you know who, who had, uh, you know, laid down her dress and then picked up a AR-15 or whatever like that. Well, I guess whatever type of gun. And she was out there on the front line defending her, defending Ukraine's freedom. Well, that happened to be 100% false. She was carrying an airsoft pistol. And she's a very avid airsoft pistol person. She she loves to play the game. But she was she did not join the, the Ukrainian military. That was all Ukrainian propaganda. And then we also heard about those 12 or 13 men who were on the island, the other Ukrainian soldiers, who um, told the Russian ship to F off and they got shot dead. And, uh, you know, they had broadcasted their, their last uh, um, breath of life on TikTok. And, uh, you know, it just got everyone in America just tearful and, you know, said, we have to do something. Those 12 or 13 soldiers all of a sudden were just, they were rewarded with Ukrainians' highest medal of honor. And guess what? They're alive. They didn't get killed. (laughs) They're being held captive. It was all a lie. How about the the ghost of Kiev, right? The ghost of Kiev was a supposed like maverick, you know, top gun, you know, fighter that was uh, shooting down multiple Soviet MiGs. Well, that turned out to be 100% false. So when this information came out and the, and, uh, you know, the Ukrainian people were, the Ukrainian PR machine was saying, Hey, we have no biological weapons and not, and that's not true. I kind of thought, well, that's, you know, a bunch of malarkey where they people like to use that word. And I just, just, just dismissed it. Right. And so did everyone else. But then Tucker came on today and he just found out it's all true. And how do we know it's true? Well, this woman, Victoria Muland, I think Muland. No, hold on, Victoria Newland. I think that's her word. Victoria Newland, N-U-L-A-N-D. Um, she has a very long title to her, like a uh, position in the in D.C. Uh, officially, her title is okay. I need a breath for this. The Under Secretary of State of Political Affairs for the U.S. Department of State, Washington D.C. That's really long. I'm not even sure if they have a business card that long enough to fit her entire title. Uh, so what happens is Mark Rubio starts kind of he, he kind of asks her a, a question about biological weapons over there in Ukraine, and uh, her response is kind of troubling. So I'm going to play um, this entire response here, and this is from the Tucker Carlson show. I'm, I'm hoping it'll pick up on my cell phone here, but here it goes. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. Okay. So she's admitting they have biological, (laughs) biological labs. And by the way, the U.S. are funding those biological programs. They had denied that there was any type of biological programs, biological um, anything over there in Ukraine. And the question is that why does Ukraine have a biological lab there that the U.S. is actually funding? You know, the U.S. gave money to China to research the coronavirus. What's happening over there and this biological program over there in Ukraine? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> My mind is getting blown here. Now, the, the link that I'm going to share to you on my description, I, I'm looking at the, the length of this, uh, um, this uh, I guess, opening segment for Tucker Carlson. It's 16 minutes and 26 seconds. I, it includes this clip I just played for you and a lot more. I think it's his whole entire opening thesis. 
I suggest you listen to the entire thing. I just don't want to repeat what he says. But the, the main premise, the main um, argument you need to get out of this, what I'm saying to you right now, is that we have been lied to by the government. And the government still continues to lie to us and say that we, we do not have, the U.S. does not have any biological, um, uh, biological lab over there in Ukraine. But that wasn't the answer. That wasn't the question. The question is, are we funding any biological programs in Ukraine? And they didn't answer that question. Is the U.S. funding biological programs in Ukraine? Because the U.S. funded biological programs in China, which pretty much gave birth to the coronavirus that we had now. And what, what kind of biological programs are happening in Ukraine? And why are they happening in Ukraine? I just really want to know. I mean, that's a pretty good question. But apparently, again, if we, we ask that question, you know, all of a sudden we have this QAnon, you know, type of, you know, hat, tinfoil hat that's put on top of us by the mainstream media and by the left. When this lady here, Victoria Newland, just confirmed it. <laughs> what is going on? This is just nuts. I mean, if we can't, we can't trust the government about when it comes to, this Ukrainian war, and we can't trust the government when it comes to the COVID vaccines. You know, what can we trust the government on at all? You know, let's not forget, let's back this whole truck up and let's remember that for three years, the government lied to us about Trump and Russia. They said that Trump was working with Russia and colluding with Russia to, to, uh, to win the 2016 elections. And they, they, and they wanted to impeach him on that, right? They, the FBI did all their research on it. You know, Comey out there, he came out there and lied. Adam Schiff came out there and lied. All these congressmen and women, they came out there and lied about Russia collusion. Hillary Clinton continued. To, she still continues to do this, right? The media uh, lied about it. Where can you turn to get honest information? And, and here's, here's a really crazy thing. Well, now they're saying, telling, telling you that, you know, the Ukrainian war, uh, it's, it's all about saving democracy. When Ukraine is not a democratic state, is not a democratic country, right? And they're saying that, you know, there are, they're saying that out there that the sanctions against Russia, they're all, they're out there to hurt Putin when they're actually just going to be hurting us. They're, you know, for, because we're not going to be taking Russian oil, our gas prices are just going to skyrocket, right? And because we're not taking any type of Russian fertilizer or Ukrainian fertilizer or anything like that, this whole thing is we're going to ruin. Now our, now the price of wheat, now the price of farming is going to go up and we're going to feel that everywhere. <laughs> What's going on? It, th this is just crazy. It's, it's almost, I'm not sure what the Democrats' endgame actually is. Are they just this stupid? Do they want to see America just suffer? Do they want to destroy the middle class? I mean, am I insane to think that, that Joe Biden wants me to be poor or wants you to be poor? Now, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I mean, I'm here like just, my mind is just rolling. I don't know the answer. I mean, are they that evil or are they that stupid? I know that Joe Biden has, you know, he's been surrounding himself with academics, you know, college professors, people who are know-nothings, you know, people who have, or who are part of what they call permanent Washington, who have worked in Washington their entire life, but 
they really have actually no talent. You know, most of the people who work in government, and I'm, and I, I'm really apologize. If it's, I really apologize if some of you out there work in government, but many people who work in government, if it wasn't for the government, that position, they really wouldn't have a usable skill in the private sector. I mean, I have some friends who work as, you know, contract, I, I, what do they call them? Con, they look over contracts for their, for their, um, I, did they look over contracts for, for their job? I think contract procurement or something like that. In the private sector, we don't, we really don't have that. We look over our own contract. You know, we, we read it all. We look over a mortgage. We read our mortgage, right? We look over a, a deal between two companies. I'll read it over. We don't have someone to procure that for us or to make negotiations on the part of us or to say this is a good or bad deal. There's no position that is, that even exists for that, right? But there, in the government, you have all of these, all of these positions that are really nonsensical. And then you have people who are appointed to certain cabinets who are not qualified to be in that cabinet. And then when you get to hire up the, these political leaders who have been in office for years upon years upon years, decades and decades, you find out when they worked in the private sector, well, they were nobodies for the most part. What were they? Were they? Maybe they worked in they worked in a, a student council when they were in college and all that, and they went directly into politics right after that. They were working for some type of lawyers or some type of, you know, they worked as some type of assistant in some type of representative office or they have some friends or family that are up there and that's how they got in and eventually they got elected. But they've never done something, you know, they never took an idea from the kitchen table and you know, created a service for a client out there and had to deliver on that product or on that service to that client and exchanged actual money. And then on, on top of that, followed up with customer service to make sure that customer was actually happy and then to also service customers who were not happy. They have no idea how to do it. They have none, no idea uh, no experience of that. And here they are telling people how to run a business, how to run a country when they just don't know anything. There are a bunch of do-nothings in there, the far majority. Now, I'm sure there's some gems in Washington, but for the, you know, the far majority of them, they love it in the private sector, so they're out. You know, they're, you know, they, have, they, don't have, they don't have people like me in there, right? They don't have people like you in there. If you own your own business, they don't have people like you. If you work for a regular private company, they don't have people like you in there. And that's why it's almost like speaking a different language. And to them, it's all about image. And I'm seeing so many, so many people over there in Washington, all they care about is getting reelected and what other people think about. They, they really care about titles. And this includes military generals. You know, they, all they care about is what looks good, but they never, they're, they can never, ever survive out there in the private sector because, you know what? It's not about looking good in the private sector. It's about being actually good. It's about doing actual good things. You know, delivering a product or service that a customer, you know, is willing to depart with their money, you know, again, to pay for, right? And if you don't, if they don't think you're worth it, you may get a bad Yelp review. You may get a bad Facebook review. And you have to go out there and you have to talk to that customer or you have to make them happy somehow. And, and you know, and again, they don't know how to do that. And uh, what else do they, but here's one thing they do know how to do is lie, lie, and lie. <sighs> okay. 
It's 35 minutes into my podcast. I think I better call it quits. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to title this podcast. I think I'm just going to like, you know, title it, you know, Pfizer and Tucker and uh, something like that. You know, uh, by the way, I have a movie review that I'm going to have on. I think I'm going to make like uh, in the next few days. I saw the Batman movie. Not too good. Really, really not too good. I'm going to be talking about it. Stay tuned for that. I'll be talking to you soon. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.